Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 1, Episode 9, from Red Wing, Minnesota to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on the Empire Builder. It was interesting to see the number of pleasure craft in Red Wing. It shows that there is a thriving community of people taking their own boats for leisure up and down the river. There was an area where there looked to be a whole lot of floating boathouses. As the train passes along the riverbank, we're doing about 60, 65 miles an hour at the moment, and the river is getting wider and wider. We pass small communities, some of them in wooden houses, but quite a lot of them in trailer parks. The sun is starting to come out now, breaking through the clouds, and hopefully it's going to be another nice day. You can see how important that the river is to the leisure industry because I've just passed a small town where there's a small industrial estate where all the businesses appear to have either boats or trailers or, in a few occasions, camper vans and things like that. Leisure must be very important to the economy of this part of the world as well as manufacturing and, of course, grain. The river is just getting vaster and vaster all the way that we go along it. It must be some miles wide at this stage. At this time, the train is literally running along the edge of the river. All there is is a rock embankment between us and the water. There are a few people on the river, and amazingly, we've just passed one person sitting on the rocks between the railway track and the river. How the person got there, I have no idea. As we continue on our journey, we go through Frontenac, a small town tracing its roots back to an original French fort built here in 1723. It has its own ski area, which in winter can be seen on the right. We also pass Lake Pepin, where the Chippewa River meets the Mississippi on the Wisconsin side. The resulting backwaters act like an invisible dam and form this beautiful lake. In the winter, the lake is home to eagles. It is also the birthplace of water skiing, invented by Ralph Samuelson in 1922, when he was 18 years old. The town was the setting of the popular Grumpy Old Men movies. We've now been allowed off the train for a few minutes for a fresh air break. We're at Winona in Minnesota and we've got passengers getting on and getting off. There's also a crew change here, so we'll have a new conductor for the rest of our journey into Chicago. Train's running to time, even though we did have that minor delay as we came out of St. Paul, Minnesota. I've been told that the reason the person needed a medical car and to go to hospital at St. Paul, Minnesota was that he'd started his day with two bottles of wine. Probably not the best way to start your day. Winona is renowned as the stained glass capital of the United States and the headquarters of the Watkins Corporation. The historic railway station was opened in 1888 by the Chicago, Milwaukee, St. Paul and Pacific Railroad later known as Milwaukee Road. 
In 2016, 18,900 passengers used the station. To be honest, and I'm sure the residents of Winona wouldn't like me saying this, but most of the town seems to be semi-industrial and urban sprawl. I'm now sitting with Terry and Rich, who are on an even longer trip, I think, than I'm doing, and are veterans of the Amtrak system. So, Rich, where did you start your journey? Osceola, Iowa. When did you start? September 20. And where else have you been? Because when we were talking a little while ago, it sounded as though you've been over quite a large part of the U.S. Yeah, we were trying to make a big circle around the west side of the U.S., so we went down to Galesburg, Illinois, and then Albuquerque, New Mexico, on the southwest chief. We visited some friends for about four or five days in Las Cruces, and then went on up to Santa Fe. We took the uh, Cumbres and Toltec uh, Scenic Railroad, Narrow Gauge Railroad, before continuing on from Albuquerque. We then went on to, uh, on a very slow train, over to Los Angeles, yeah. Yeah, we went from Albuquerque to Los Angeles on the Southwest Chief, and then from Los Angeles, the plan was to get on to the Coast Starlight and go up to Portland, but we missed our train by how many hours? Well, two or three hours. Yeah. So, yeah. They bussed us up to Bakersfield. And then we hopped on a commuter train up to Martinez, spent the night on the Coast Starlight. The next morning we were kicked off after breakfast. (laughs) We're beginning to think bad karma or something there. That's when they found out there was a, uh, okay, there was a freight derailment On on the tracks. And so to make the Empire Builder, which was our way back, we uh, was, were bused up to Pasco, Washington. Where? And we're back on the Empire Builder again. Okay, and once you get to Chicago on the Empire Builder, where will you be get then going? Okay, if we get there on time, which we think it looks like we will, it looks promising, uh, we will get on the Illini Zephyr, which is really a commuter train, gets us down to Galesburg, where we will spend the night and then... Tomorrow, we will catch the uh, California Zephyr back to home, or back to Osceola, which is near our home. Actually, we're about an hour from there. Okay, thank you. Winterset, Iowa is our home. So you'll be joining the California Zephyr somewhere along its route? In Galesburg. Okay, so I think we may be on the same California Zephyr for part of the journey. Yeah, for a short time. Are you going to Galesburg too? No, I'm going to Chicago and then taking the California Zephyr all the way. Okay. okay, and so that probably tomorrow then. Yes, right? I leave tomorrow. Yeah, so okay, we'll, well see you yeah, again we'll then. See you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> another train, another place. But uh-huh. the, and the Zephyr, we have done that before, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful, you love it. Yes, I mean it's supposed to be the most scenic, and I think it is One of in, the most I, in in the U.S. But you were telling me that you'd also been on the Empire Builder in chilly weather. <laughs> Very much. That we wanted an experience. We always say train travel is an experience, and that was uh, several years ago, uh, and it was 30 below in La Crosse. We actually left home two or th- two days early because we knew of the bad weather, and we wanted to make sure we didn't miss the connection. And yes, and we got up there, and we were actually interviewed by the local TV station, seeing what kind of fools happened to be walking around in La Crosse at that t- with that weather. Uh, we don't know if it was ever aired, but they did interview us. Uh, yeah, at Lacrosse, it was the 
the we found out the Empire Builder was five hours late leaving Chicago because things wouldn't work. Frozen. Fortunately, I mean, an interesting little side. At the end of the station in La Crosse was a kind of a, a little uh, cafe, and they were having a jam session for the local artists. So we were able to sit in on that and listen to them. That was nice. Yeah, the, the crew car it ended up kept blowing all the circuits out of Chicago. That's why they were late. Proceeded without it, which it's a transition car going from one level to two levels. So the first sleeper car was freezing cold upstairs. They had towels piled all over and duct tape, which doesn't stick at 30 degrees below. Uh, so the first few people had a very cold night. We uh, were luckily back of that. It was chilly, but doable. So we weren't that bad. And it was just, uh, it was interesting. When they got to the pass, the, the horn froze, and they can't move without the horn. It's a safety regulation. You have to have it when you hit crossings. They were out there for hours with a blowtorch to thaw it out. It was fun. Yeah. We didn't <laughs> we know that horns uh, froze, but apparently well, this, on the Amtrak they do. Yeah, well, I tell you, 30 below wheel with a wind chill of 70 below, I'd freeze. I don't blame that horn. I'd freeze. Well, it sounds very much as though you're seasoned Amtrak travelers. We started. Our first time was in 1974 on our honeymoon. It was about a couple years old at that time, so it was totally different back then. It was when it was in January, and when it was cold, the Amtrak was cold. When it was hot, the Amtrak was hot. So it was a that was a totally different experience, but being a honeymoon, you know, it's still kind of fun. <laughs> on our way back, they stopped the train oh. in Alabama, Mon- Montgomery. Montgomery. And Which had, it doesn't even go through there now. It doesn't go through there now, but they had everybody on the train get off in the middle of the night. And we're out there in the middle of the night in the dark, and there's like old disused rails piled up, you know, the iron rails. So you're tripping over those. And we're out there for how long? It wasn't too long, but maybe minutes, an hour. Maybe? Yeah. Hour, an hour? I don't know. Then we all got back on the train and left. Never did hear what we the problem no was. We have no idea what that was, but the stars were nice. Um, <laughs> that's, I mean, it was. we knew from the get-go, when you get, get on the Amtrak, they treat you very nicely. And it's a lot of fun. You see a lot of beautiful things, but you really don't know what to expect. <laughs> you never know what to expect. Well, that's really great, and it seems that uh, you really enjoy traveling on the rails. Very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very much. We've done the East Coast on trains, too. Yeah. And, of course, Canada. Okay, well, thank you very much, and I wish you well in the rest of your trip. After Winona, we went across the Minnesota-Wisconsin state line. The next town that we stop at where we departed at about quarter to 11. It's called La Crosse. On leaving the station opened in 1926 and seeing 24,000 passengers in 2016, we follow the La Crosse River for 25 miles. It was at La Crosse that a Frenchman noticed Indians playing a game with sticks and a ball in the air. At approximately half past 11, we departed from Toma. Over 100 passengers got on the train at Toma. 
Frank King, the creator of Gasoline Abbey, grew up there. The unstaffed station saw 9,400 passengers in 2014. As we proceed onwards, we pass through Camp Douglas and on both sides of the train we see the beautiful sandstone rock formations carved by the flow of the Wisconsin River. A dam across the Lemon Wheel River forms Lake Decora. This is a beautiful area. The train has now arrived in Portage in Wisconsin and as we pull to a halt a large freight train full of tank cars going in the opposite direction is just pulling away having waited for us to arrive. Portage was once a regular stopover for traders and settlers who had to portage or carry their gear between the Fox and Wisconsin rivers on their trips between the Mississippi and Lake Michigan. The station was built relatively recently and saw 5,850 passengers in 2014. The area that we're passing through now, east of Wisconsin Dells, is far more agricultural than some of the areas that we passed through earlier today. The fields, however, are not nearly as big as those ones that we saw on the plains yesterday that just went for mile upon mile. It is very wooded in amongst the fields here with many deciduous trees, some of which are starting to turn to their autumn colours. We've now just left Columbus. Mounted on the steeple of the Zion Evangelical Lutheran Church is a bell case made from pieces of French cannon acquired in the Franco-Prussian War. The bell was a gift from the Emperor of Germany. The station was built in 1906 and being well preserved looks much the same as when it was built. In 2014, 12,960 passengers used this station. The train is now getting close to Milwaukee. We've just gone through a small railway station where I was interested to see a couple of people with cameras on tripods taking photographs of the train. And we're now going past a pleasure park with children waving at the train. I realise that trains are quite unusual in this part of the world but I didn't realise that they cause such a spectacle. As we approach the station, we go through an industrial area that I would imagine has been reclaimed from older industries and new, smaller industrial units are being put in. This podcast has been made by the Mr. T Podcast Studio. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>